Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you. A show in which we look back on the very best commentaries of the last week from your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, filling in for the intrepid David Menzies as he's out on the road, chasing all the election news wherever he might find it. Well, Prime Minister Rachel Dolezal, I mean Justin Trudeau, has a bit of a fetish for wearing blackface. We've seen at least three instances surface from his past after Time Magazine ripped the band-aid off the blackface scandal. Now, as the news was breaking, our Kean Bexty hit the ground running to find a Liberal candidate in Calgary to ask her about Trudeau's peculiar affinity for racist costumes and culturally insensitive performance art. Kean joins us to talk about his confrontation with Nirmala Naidu, a woman who once scolded Conservatives as racist just a few short months ago. Then in other racist Liberal candidate news, the Liberals are running an unapologetic anti-Israel 9-11 truther in a Montreal riding. Your regular host in the big chair, David Menzies, hopped a flight, rented a car, and started doing some real shoe leather journalism to try to find this conspiratorial fellow. He joins us to tell us all about his mission to find this liberal bin Laden apologist. And finally, your letters and messages about what you think of our exciting new website trailer that you absolutely must see. Those are your Rebels. Let's round them up. Hi, Nirmala. My name's Kian. I think the last time we met was at Anne McGrath's no, campaign I'm office. Would you be able to tell me, should Trudeau resign I'm given... Should, should Trudeau resign given the fact that he wore blackface? He wore blackface. How do you feel about that? As a woman of color, does it insult you? Nirmala, just months ago you said we shouldn't be supporting racists. Today, news came out that Justin Trudeau wore blackface in 2001. Should he resign? So we're going to start on this end? Yeah. Um, and then we're just going to make... As a woman of color, does it phase you that your leader is such a blatant racist? Road, does it phase you at all, Nirmala? Nirmala? People want to know. Well, Nirmala didn't want to answer any questions, and I understand. She must be horrified by the actions of her leader, Justin Trudeau. It's despicable what he did, and I imagine Nirmala feels just betrayed. Now, back during the Alberta election, that Liberal candidate you just saw there was working with the NDP to get famous Communist candidate Anne McGrath elected. Now, back then... Nirmala sure had a lot to say about conservatives leveling accusations of racism against them on camera with complete ease. However, now when real tangible photographic evidence of Justin Trudeau being a total racist has surfaced, well, now the cat has Nirmala's formerly wagging tongue. Joining us now is our roving reporter, Kian Bexty, who scared Nirmala into stunned silence. Hey, Kian, welcome to my first kick at the can of Rebel Roundup. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sheila. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk to you about Nirmala because uh, she sure had a lot to say back in Anne McGrath days. She had no problem calling anybody basically to the right of Chairman Mao a racist. And yet, when there is an actual evidentiary racist in her midst, cat's got her tongue. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was quite scared uh, to talk to me, and I understand why. I mean, last time she spoke with me, she very directly endorsed a communist candidate, and I'm sure there was some personal blowback on Nirmala. Uh, there certainly was for Anne McGrath. She, as you know, she lost her election after we published that uh, groundbreaking report that for some reason the mainstream media didn't want to publish. We published that she was a commie. We published that she had widespread support from the leftist uh, political establishment in Calgary, including Nirmala Nadu, the candidate, liberal candidate in Calgary Skyview that is replacing Darshan Kang, who had sexual harassment or assault. I can't remember which one it was. Harassment uh, one and lots of it. Yeah, so sexual harassment allegations were leveled against him. So the liberals thought they would replace him. Well, they just replaced him with someone who sympathizes with the communist flight and also someone who can't condemn racism. She she said, yeah, I'd rather support a communist rather than a racist. And then it turned out instead of it rather than, it just turned out uh, to be she supported a communist and then she supported a racist. As we see with Justin Trudeau, he is absolutely a racist. He's our prime ministerial. Uh, you know, relishing in the legacy of slavery, laughing at African-Americans, African-Canadians, I suppose it is. Uh, it's it's despicable. And Nirmala, if she had any integrity at all, I'm sure she's watching this, Nirmala, you should come out and condemn your leader. That's what you should do. Yeah, you know, it was really funny, too, is because when she first saw you with the camera, she was sort of eager to talk to you. And then when she got a little closer, she's like, oh, no, no, I'm not talking to you. And she clammed right up. But it was pretty clear she didn't expect any journalist to come around and bother her. And uh, none of them have, except for you. And I think that says a lot about the level of um, sycophancy in the media surrounding this liberal scandal. They're already, I saw um, Katie Simpson of the CBC asking, asking Andrew Shear how long he knew about this, as though it were some sort of politically timed scandal, um, some conspiracy from the conservatives. Um, anything to deflect away from the liberals? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's exactly the case. These these people who are high on poutine are just <laughs> so desperate to turn this on to sheer. And it's not just it's not just the 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 publishing media. It is social media as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll send you the the image of it so you can throw it up this on the screen. You know, what was trending this morning, Sheila. It was sh hashtag sheer hypocrisy. Like Andrew Sheer is the hypocrite that we should be paying attention to right now. I disagree. I think that there is one hypocrite that is making news right now, and it's Justin Trudeau. He's a hypocrite on the diversity file. Clearly, he thinks that African Canadians are a joke. He's a hypocrite on the feminism file. Uh, after he fired Jody Wilson-Raybould, it was absolutely clear that he was only a radical third-wave feminist when it suited his political aspirations and goals. And he's also a hypocrite on the ethics and transparency file. He said that Stephen Harper should sit under uh, and be grilled under oath on the ethics committee after some minor hiccup in his government. And after the entire SNC-Lavalin scandal, uh, after Trudeau was asked to sit, uh, testify under oath at the ethics committee, he was just like, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. So he's clearly the hypocrite. And Twitter trying to push this sheer hypocrisy trending is, uh, is just a joke. You know, it seems as though uh, Trudeau's governance over the last four years has been an exercise in personal therapy as opposed to um, the proper way that you should run a country. M103 was making amends for his uh, performance as a sultan or as, you know, dressing up as an Arab. Um, his attacks uh, constantly looking back 
at Stephen Harper is just a way to deflect away from his own character. This preening about his feminism is just a distraction from the way he treats the women around him, powerful or otherwise. Um, now, you've got a petition, and actually you're on the ground in Vancouver right now, but I want to talk to you about your petition because by the time people see this video of us together your petition will be live why don't you tell us about that so you're right i am standing in vancouver right now actually right behind me is trudeau's elitist private school they charge twenty three thousand dollars a head per student it really goes against like it's not on message at all i mean this blackface stuff isn't on message but this private school uh is definitely not part of trudeau's public persona public school persona uh, and sorry, you might be hearing cars everywhere. Everyone's sort of driving. All the parents are driving in with their Lexuses and their Teslas and their Audis, uh, picking up their kids as school closes. So hopefully the audio is okay. But you're right. We do have a petition. It is, uh, it's basically calling on Trudeau to resign. It's www.trudeaumustresign.com. I encourage everyone watching this to go there and sign it right now and share it with all of your networks. Whether or not Trudeau resigns, that's his decision. The reason why we are publishing this petition is because, of course, we've asked Trudeau to resign many times, but now it has come to a point where Justin Trudeau's actions and his ability to maintain his elite position in Canada's natural governing party and indeed in, in the uh, as the head of government, it's reflecting on us now as Canadians. The world is watching and as we allow Trudeau to stay in these positions of power, it reflects on us and we bear the responsibility for keeping him in this position. We look like racists to people in Sweden and people in the United States. Donald Trump must just be laughing uncontrollably at this. Everyone in the world is laughing at Canadians. It is unfair to us that our prime minister is, uh, is reflecting on us. His history is just so despicable and deplorable that he just has to resign. If they go to www.trudeaumustresign.com, they'll be able to sign the petition. And bonus, they'll be able to pitch in a few bucks to help us because we have a special project we're working on. We are going to put billboards up on trucks around the country, in cities, and wherever Trudeau goes, hopefully, depending on how many people pitch in. And we're gonna just be displaying his past. He's so happy to do that with Andrew Scheer uh, and pretty much any opponent who is messed up that's what the left does, right? They, they highlight uh, errors in judgment from many, many decades ago. Well, in fact, this was just 18 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Trudeau's quite young still. And he did this when he was 28, 29. He should have known better, obviously. So we're going to publish this on billboards around the country if people go to www.trudeaumustresign.com. Well, I think that's fantastic. You know I, how I love those billboard trucks, Kian. You know, there's a great irony in Trudeau living by the sword and dying by the sword. Uh, Kian, thanks so much for Skyping into the show. I know it's raining where you're at. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me, Sheila. I appreciate it. You got it. That's Kian Bexty from BC. More up next after the break. Well, lo and behold, the newly minted candidate here in Pierre-Fonce Dollard, Samir Zubari, he too, it's been discovered, has a history of making anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. For example, he's a supporter of the BDS movement. Uh, he believes Israel is a apartheid state. He is a supporter, naturally, of Omar Khadr. 
And he's also a bit of a 9-11 conspiracy theorist, saying the jury is still out as to whether or not Osama bin Laden had anything to do with the tragic events of that day. Now, he's made himself extremely scarce uh, from the media, including the mainstream media, but he has been posting on Facebook. And interesting, what he said about these allegations about him is that it was all a distraction tactic by the Andrew Scheer Conservatives, uh, who are hoping to distract the electorate from picking up on the fact that his party has ties to far-right extremism and white supremacism. Oh yes, apparently it's the conservatives who are the ones playing footsie with the alt-right, despite the fact that this liberal candidate has a lot of the same views as the alt-right with regard to the state of Israel, wouldn't you say? Joining me now is the usual host of Rebel Roundup, David Menzies, to discuss this liberal's trutherism and why the mainstream media seems to give all these liberals a pass when their real alt-right tendencies are eventually uncovered. Hey, David, welcome to your own show. <laughs> I, know, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. I, right now I'm out in British Columbia with Key and Bexty. We're on a road trip like Thelma and Louise. Thank goodness we're not driving <laughs> a 64 Ford Thunderbird and the Grand Canyon's nowhere in sight. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll try to answer your questions as best as I can, Sheila. Uh, <laughs> David, there seems to be, as you pointed out in your really excellent commentary, a bit of a pervasive pattern of anti-Semitism and alt-right sentiments kicking around the Liberal Party. For example, you mentioned that one candidate in Montreal, I think it, uh, he's an imam, Hassan Gillette. The Liberals were going to keep him, and they were working on a damage control strategy to deal with him. Because for the Liberals, the problem doesn't really seem to be the anti-Semitism. Rather, the problem is people finding out about the anti-Semitism. That's really when they turfed Gillette. They knew Benai Brith told them months ago. And Benai Brith got tired of keeping the secret. Yes, indeed, Sheila. And um, as soon as that uh, did break in the mainstream media about uh, the imam, uh, he, Hassan Gye, uh, he was within 24 hours uh, turfed. But uh, and some people would say, well, listen, uh, you can't criticize the liberals. They did the right thing as fast as they could. But you're qu quite right. They they knew this or they must have known this. And they were just hoping that it never got out in the mainstream media, much like, oh, I don't know, a certain famous leader who likes to put uh, brown and black makeup on his face <laughs> during certain festive occasions. You know, it's, it's not that it happened. It's that everything's a-okay as long as the uh, glare of publicity is not shone upon uh, those odious acts. Yeah, and, you know, you went out to Montreal to try to find this 9-11 truther candidate. Now, he says now he he believes that bin Laden uh, is responsible for 9-11, but that's not what he was saying just a little while ago. He said, that's up for debate. Um, and, but you can't find him. You can't find him. He's basically gone into hiding. Um, and we're the only people frustrated by this because, again, we're the only people asking the questions. 
Well, you know, uh, Sheila, in fairness, I know that the, the, the Montreal Gazette reporter, she was also trying to locate him. And um, <clears throat> there's there's something called the West Island blog there. Uh, they were trying to locate him. But it's absolutely fascinating. And it speaks to uh, a puzzle I can't quite figure out. Um, when uh, Mr. Guillet's uh you know, odious opinions of Israel and his support of a terrorist uh, came into uh, prominence in the mainstream media. People heard about it. Uh, the liberals threw him under the bus, um, you know, faster than you can shake a stick. But when this fellow's past came out, and much of it is in the same vein, actually, you know, you know, you, you talk about this uh, bizarre 9-11 conspiracy theory uh, in which uh, bin Laden might not have been to blame. So, hmm, who's really to blame? You can fill in the, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, connect the dots there, you know, about defunding the Concordia Jewish Club when he was part of the uh, student council there, uh, being a proponent of the BDS movement, which is absolutely hateful anti-Semitism, uh, Sheila, because at the end of the day, this is about strangling Israel economically uh, to bring about uh, your, your crazy uh, form of social justice. And uh, th there's something else, um, you know, I I'm forgetting in his uh, litany of, uh, of statements and claims. But this time around, the um, the liberals have no problem. Now, I've heard through the grapevine that this fellow is a personal friend, or not a personal friend, but the um, the choice of Justin Trudeau. Um, and maybe that has some bearing. And you are right. He's gone underground. I was in Montreal for a good 48 hours. I was looking for him. Other members of the media were looking for him. Basically, the statement from his camp is that whatever he said on his Facebook um, account, uh, that's his um, that's his press conference about becoming the new uh, candidate in uh, Pierre Fonds Dollarod. And um, again, uh, I wish I had a, a, a better idea of why Guillet uh, gets thrown overboard. Uh, but this guy. Um, <laughs> it's it's okay. Just keep going. <laughs> We, we, we didn't go into that great <laughs> uh, why, why this guy gets a free pass. But nevertheless, the bigger question is this. Why is it that the Liberal Party of Canada, the party of tolerance, the party of diversity, you know, uh, love Trump's hate, all those endless cliches we hear from Justin Trudeau. Why does it have this nasty little habit of attracting, um, in this case, you know, Muslim candidates who really, really don't like Jews and Israel. It's it, it's absolutely baffling. Well, and I'm torn between pity and disgust for this liberal candidate's Jewish colleagues. Um, pity because they are put out there by Justin Trudeau as the face of the Jewish community, the Jewish liberal voter. and uh, And at the same time, they stand there silently when Justin Trudeau does things like refuse to move the embassy to where it belongs in Jerusalem, uh, returning the funding to the Palestinian refugee agency that's tied to terrorism against the state of Israel, forgetting to commemorate uh, the Jewish lives lost in the Holocaust, in a Holocaust commemoration. And, you know, they really should 
say something. I don't know if they're not saying it to the leader. I think maybe they're just happy little drones and happy for the jobs they have. But, I mean, it is on them to express disgust to their leader about carrying these sorts of candidates and hand-selecting them. Hand-selecting them, as you pointed out. What does this guy have? How many pictures of blackface does this guy have? <laughs> you know, indeed. And then maybe there's, I don't know, Sheila, a, con a constituency of um, left-leaning Jews that give this a pass. And I say that because just last night in Toronto, I was at an all-candidates debate for the Eglinton-Lawrence riding in Toronto, uh, in which four candidates showed up, the, the, the Green, the NDP, the Liberal, the Conservative. And um, the I can tell you that the, the candidate that got the most applause and the longest applause for things he was saying was indeed the incumbent Liberal, uh, Marco Medicino. And uh, I tried to corner him on camera, asking him how he felt about uh, Samir Zuberi and his odious anti-Semitism. And basically I got, you know, just a non-answer. He wouldn't address him by name. You know, he's proud yeah. of the Liberal Party, how they have a vetting process to oh, yeah. get rid of the haters, except apparently for this guy. But I thought I'm in a synagogue, which presumably most of the audience is Jewish. The theme of the debate was issues affecting the Canadian Jewish community. And this liberal is getting, like I said, the most applause, Sheila. So, hey, listen, it, it, it's a democracy. If that's who you want, that's who you're going to get. But I don't think if you are a Canadian Jew that the Liberal Party is going to do you any favors with the direction in which they're going today. Uh, no, I mean, but... Um, the liberal candidate you confronted, I'm sure, I mean, we've seen that's the sort of um, line that they're taking when candidates are being confronted now out there about Justin Trudeau's blackface. So, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're getting really good at uh, cognitive dissidence. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I even love how brownface and blackface has been um, reimagined as makeup. Face <laughs> you know, makeup, they're saying. <laughs> yeah, like to me, Sheila, makeup, you know, is is like lipstick and eyeliner, you know, yeah. the stuff Eddie Menzoid puts on. And of course, you're low. And um, makeup, I, I mean, that is perverse to call blackface and brownface uh, makeup. I, you know, I, I can't imagine going to Hudson's Bay to the Maybelline counter or wherever. <laughs> ladies buy your makeup and go yes a quart of blackface please i'm going to the arabian nights uh, gala at the west point gray academy <laughs> yeah i'd like some cheek pinkening makeup it's called blush <laughs> well david i think uh i've taken up enough of your time you're out there in bc chasing the blackface story uh i want to thank you so much for trusting me with the show while you're out there i don't want to burn the place down <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Sheila, for filling in. I really appreciate it. You know, this is an important story. It, it's an international story. And um, we're going to keep at it. And uh, at the very least, try to find out one answer to one pertinent question. Just how many times has Justin put on blackface and brown face? Like, really, Sheila, what is the over-under? I, I, I think for the uh, the football game, uh, the Bills game on uh, Sunday, it's 38.5. Has, has Justin Trudeau put on blackface more than 38 times? I, I'm wondering. I, I'm just scratching my head over that. <laughs> uh, I think blackface 
uh, is going to be the least worst thing he's done, I think. I think there's a lot of terrible things to come out now that the Band-Aid is ripped off, but that's just my uh, prediction. David, thanks so much. Uh, that's David Menzies reporting from British Columbia. Keep it here for more Rebel up next after the break. The mainstream media has no interest in telling you the truth. We have respect for journalists. They ask tough questions and they're supposed to. What shampoo do you use? <laughs> Censors manipulate what you read. That appears to be a pervasive pattern of political bias. You need a source you can trust. That was just fake news by NBC. Because citizen journalism is often the most accurate perspective. We are in every day, every minute. They're coming inside. The political establishment paid off the other outlets. You're sci-fi nerd, exactly. Our opinions are honest and unfiltered. You were cheating on your taxes in 2014. This is from a tweet she deleted. Will you be resigning today? We'll tell the other side of the story. What happened to a gay couple in Gaza? We executed ex according to Islamic law. To our loyal audience. Is this your job as a press secretary is just to run away from the press? Which is growing every day. Trudeau's worst nightmare. Our message is simple. The Climate Change Conference, it's fake. Keep fighting for freedom. It's easier to fight in the first ditch than in the last ditch. Rebel News. Telling the other side of the story. We'll blow your eyebrows off. That's a clip from our brand new YouTube channel trailer. And I think you really get a feel for the kind of work we've done here at the Rebel and the kind of work we promise to continue to do for you. Now that Video is a little over five minutes long, but boy, it's a full five minutes of fighting for freedom. Now that trailer premiered the middle of this week. So I thought I would take a boo at the YouTube comments to see what you guys at home are saying about it. Do you like it? Ryan Ryan says, it has to be so infuriating for mainstream media journalists to know that anyone with a cell phone can do what they do now. For so long, they've been able to destroy people's lives with hit piece journalism. And now that someone is doing it back, they don't like it. You know, Andrew Breitbart once said, the media class is the wall that we have to climb over in order for our voices to be heard. And he was absolutely right. But now social media and the proliferation of the internet everywhere, well, it's really the great equalizer. And the cell phone, it's the new tool for truth. And that's why Silicon Valley elites, well, they want to censor you. Mike B writes, I look for and share your posts almost daily. People need to see the other side of the story. The mainstream media stopped being reporters back in the 60s. This is not a new development. It started hating on conservatives and cheerleading the left a long time ago. It just wasn't as overt then as it is now. The sympathetic story about the politician the reporter liked now becomes outright attacks against their political opponents to ensure victory. When your guy or gal can be handed a stack of glowing reports, well, that gets you access, gets you the selfies, the autograph pics, the invites to state dinners, and the like. You get to hang. It's no longer about being objective. It's about being a sycophant. Mike, you're preaching the gospel to me. At The Rebel, we don't get access to politicians because we don't suck up to them enough. And this sycophantic nature of the mainstream media has never been more evident 
than now in the dichotomy of treatment of the two federal main party leaders by the mainstream media. Andrew Scheer answers questions until reporters run out of questions, and then they chase him through a parking lot. And Justin Trudeau takes no questions, and the reporters never bother to try to ask any. You see, those reporters want to be liked by Trudeau. They want that more than they want to do their jobs. And lastly, Chantel sends her regards to us. Fantastic video. This is why I'm proud of our independent journalists. Me too, Chantel. My heart soared watching that video. And you know, we've done so much real hard-hitting journalism that sometimes you just forget about some of it. That was a real sentimental journey down memory lane for me. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks, David, if you're watching, for trusting me with your show. Thanks, folks at home, for tuning in. We'll see everybody back here next weekend. Remember, without risk, there can be no glory.